Social emotional learning, it's the new way. Where culturally responsive meets innovation. Hey, Resilient Ones. My name is Kristen Hopkins, founder of the Dangers of the My Education Fund and creator of Black SEL. I'm a social and emotional expert, curriculum developer, and social entrepreneur who believes in the holistic development of Black youth and adults through culturally responsive and affirming resources. Welcome to the Black SEO Podcast, formerly known as Dangers of the Mind. Welcome to Black SEL, Blackity Black, Blackity Black, the social and emotional hub for Black people. So welcome to another Black SEL podcast episode. We are so excited that you have joined us. And here at Black SEL, we open up a safe space for Black people to be vulnerable, share their experiences and expertise, all while highlighting key social and emotional skills. Our goal is to make SEL sustainable, relatable, and tangible in the Black community. So today's guest is no other than... My friend, my friend, my friend, my friend, my sister from another mister, Miss V, Miss V, Jessica Couch. So listen, Jessica is in the building. And before I like get in, because we could go in, okay? But before I go in, I need to go in on the facts of Jessica. And not just, just why she my friend, but you know, I like to keep a lot of a lot of real ones around me, but a lot of real ones that are doing real impactful work, okay? Just not real ones, but you got to be doing something impactful. And Jessica, Miss Madame, is the partner strategist, okay? Period. The partner strategist leading retail technology consultant fits in is i'm saying it right sizing tech expert entrepreneur advisor writer and speaker Woo! yes ma'am okay jessica is a graduate of north carolina state college university college of textiles okay where she is currently a member of the Dean's Young Alumni Leadership Council. She received her master's, so she got just a bachelor's, y'all. She received her master's in digital innovation and fit from Cornell University. Let me just say that one more time, because that is like a rare, like you don't hear that in a lot of Black women. So she received her master's in digital innovation and fit from Cornell University, under the guidance of Professor Susan P. Ashdown. She is a board member of MITS Kinetics, a social group supporting tech funding for people of color. She is a professor for Misa Hilton's Fashion Academy and has taught fashion tech classes at Parsons and Cornell University. She also co-founded Women of Color Worldwide. Now I ain't done, okay? She's a founder of Luxor and Finch Consulting, a boutique consulting agency focused on matching people to product, matching, uh-huh. matching uh-huh. people to product through technology integration. We're going to get into this because I'm just like, well, as well as the co-founder of Fayetteville Road Agency. Fayetteville Road is a turnkey boutique agency that leverages retail technology to build custom solutions, match people to products and create innovative experiences for the newly inclusive marketplace. And since the completion of her master's, she has worked with and advised numerous companies, brands and retails in the retail technology space. I didn't even know this was a thing, but until I, until I met Jess, okay? Enlighten me. So 
Enlighten yourself because this is a thing. Notable clients include Amazon. All right. I told you this is the black woman that's doing things. Amazon, Nordstrom's, and Equinix. Am I saying that? And Equinix. She has been featured in WWD, BOF, Home Magazine, Afrotech, y'all, Voyage LA, Forbes, and other publications. Okay. In early 2021, Jessica launched FitTechDirectory.com, the world's first, the world's first directory for fit-based solutions available for retailers and brands. Y'all give it up for my girl, my friend, Jessica Couch. Welcome to Black SEL. Black it is black, black it is black. Ah, come on, girl. Listen, welcome to Black SEL. We are going to get real and raw today, transparent, and just drop some gems. I am so excited to tap into your wisdom and expertise, but also just highlight some key social emotional skills. So now that you have learned a little bit about Jessica, we're going to go into like just talking about creativity and tech and fashion and how all these things come together. So, Jess, tell me. Like, well, first of all, tell me how you're feeling. Cause I see you, you, you high up above the clouds. You over here going high, you know what I'm saying? So low baby, where do we go? We go high. Right. This is our <laughs> limit. So I just had to and as a representation. <laughs> I'm yeah. just happy to be here. First of all, you know, I'm honored to be talking with you because you are the queen. I love this subject matter. You taught me so much about this. I feel like I'm trying to champion it everywhere I go because it's super important. So let's get into it. What you want to know, boo? Les, so listen, I want to know first and foremost, yeah, why are creative careers so important to the black community? Because listen, first of all, let's let's be clear that yeah. every TikTok challenge, yeah. every viral moment, majority yeah. of these are black creatives on the back end Absolutely. of this digital world, right? Absolutely. So why why are we why are creatives? Because I say we, because Beasley was mm-hmm. on here and told me that I'm a creative and I believe I'm a creative and I, I walk right. in the creative light, right? Yeah. Why are creative careers so vital and important to the Black community? Absolutely. So I'm sure if you're a Black person, you've heard like, oh, you're so creative. You're just so, cre- oh, that's so creative. And and when we, when we look at Black people, we're leading in various categories, whether it's entertainment, whether it's sports, whether it's fashion, whether it's beauty. We are actually not only leading the trends, but most of the times we're the top consumers. Come it's on. super important for us to not be commoditized. Mm-hmm. And I think when you are a creative, when you are an artist, when you think a certain way, you absolutely have to match those skills with skills that allow you to own what you're creating allows you to understand intellectual property allows you to understand how do you take creativity how do you take influence and how do you capitalize off of it in a way where you can create a career from it and i do know that a lot of people of color they have backgrounds that may be caribbean you might be african all black people are not the same and sometimes it's frowned upon when you say that you want to go into a creative career now Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's frowned upon because it's not the traditional way of doing things and a lot of people can't connect that you can make six figures you can make seven figures you can own your own business and that you can be successful if you're not a doctor or a lawyer. However, you have to be extremely savvy to kind of think on both sides. So when they say that, you know, you're creative, they're associating that you think on one side of your brain, that you're just, you're all about the art side. You're all about the flow, but you have to have that logical part. You have to be able to have accountability. You need these skills that you can transfer an art, a talent, a creative 
skill into something that's long-term and generates revenue and wealth for you eventually. And I do think that Black people have something called the halo effect. Mm -hmm. It's that when we um, introduce a product, a trend, or a cultural phenomenon, everyone around us comes and adopts it. And what people do is not only are they adopting it, they're commoditizing it. They're making money off of it. And we are left saying like, hey, that was our trend or hey, we did it first. But we have to move beyond being the person that does it first or just having the clout for it. We have to know how to take ownership. An example of this is sneaker culture. Sneaker culture is inherent inherently Black. It is the, one of the most Black things ever. Sneakers in Black society are a part of conspicuous consumption. They are indicators of status, wealth, mm -hmm. all of these things. It's, it's really our thing. And what we saw over the last few years, you had companies like StockX and Goat raise millions of dollars to come into an industry and a culture that yeah. we've kind of promote it and that exists because of us and they commoditize it completely and how many people that were black got a piece of that how many got some equity for how many said you know what i was on the team that was able to formulate that this is the disconnect between being a creative and then having a career and understand the importance of tech and so so much of my career has been in that intersection of creativity and technology and now i do want to open that up to other people of color especially black people so that they understand what their opportunities are Wow. Wow. That's so good. And, and I never looked at it as like, I never looked at it as us like actually wearing what we wear is making someone else money because oh and, like, you know it is right. You know, like that you buy and you buy all the brands and the black oh. glasses, but then our trends, our new things are, you know, are still like people are like, Oh, check, you know, cause I, we, we looked the other day and I think that, um, we saw a brand that was like literally built their whole brand off like um, like a history of like art, right? Mm -hmm. Like in Africa, and we were like, mm -hmm. oh my god! Like because but but we didn't know the history of it, and so we have to be so careful in our black community to make sure that we guard what's mm -hmm. ours, and that you said modify it, make sure that we are making money off of it, and that we are also um, leveraging it, you know, Absolutely. and looking at ourselves as a creative. Because yeah. a lot of black people, I don't think we look at ourselves as a creative or we don't name it that. And exactly. on opportunities, you know. So tell me, um, how does tech and creative careers intersect? Yes, excellent question. So I view technology as a way to solve problems, right? So sometimes people think of technology, they think of AI, yes. They think of machine learning, cool. They think of robots, yeah, sure. But sometimes technology is just the best way possible to solve a problem. And you have to think that Black people, our creativity also allows us to solve problems. Your mother was creative when she used, you know, the, the bags that she got from the grocery store on her hair in the home. Yes. Different ways. And we talked, you said that, you mentioned that in your poem. Yeah. That type of creativity is innovation in itself. Mm -hmm. However, we often discount our ability to be innovative because we're thinking, oh, well, I'm not an engineer or I'm not a computer scientist. Tech doesn't require you to be a computer scientist to code or be an engineer. Now, it would be great for you to consider that, but what it is asking you to do is help to solve a problem in a way that is innovative and new, you know, identify a gap and fill that in. It is important that we do that because one, the jobs are going to shift towards tech-based jobs in the future. 
So even if you don't know how to code, you want to make sure that you can talk to a coder to produce yeah. what it is that you want. If you're not an engineer, you need to understand what an engineer does so that if you're all working on a project together, you can utilize their skills alongside of yours. So I, the first thing is don't get it confused that technology has to be some type of thing that's out of reach for you. Or maybe you're, you feel like, well, I didn't go to school for that. If you do have the chance to go to school and pick what you're going to do, absolutely learn what the future is because tech is going to integrate every single industry that we have. It's integrating fashion. It's integrating um, beauty. It's integrating music. Yeah. I think that, for instance, and I'll give some examples, musicians are really incredible, right? Because they have an ear for sound. They have an ear for cadence. They understand music and all these things. But when tech comes in and they're bringing in these algorithms and they're bringing in AI, someone has to train them. Yeah, And it's super important that for everything that AI touches, we're going to have to train it so that it's not biased against people of color. And in order to train it, you have to be in a position. Right now, AI reflects its creator. So it's biased towards men, white men. It doesn't always recognize black people yeah. and it doesn't have us in it. But if we are to be a part of the future, we have to be a part of the technology that's integrating our industries. And we have to think creatively about it. And we have to own those things in a way that's going to make a difference. So I love this. I mean, I'm just like hearing so much social and emotional learning. Right. And so as, as a professional and expert in this field, mm -hmm. Um, there are several things that I believe that people have to master from mm -hmm. a SEL standpoint in order to reach this type of success or obtain it, it. in a lane of it, right? And Talk so you mentioned it. some things that were so important. Um, you mentioned some things that were so important. And one of them is just uh, getting into a place to leverage what you know, right? Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, we have to be in a place of determination. We have to be in a place of discipline. We have to be in a place of self-motivation. We have to also understand how to manage our time because what happens is we could be, be so distracted by the brands that we wear and like who's wearing what and who's influencing us. We also got to understand as Black people that our style is our style. Let's yep. get rid of this comparison syndrome of being like so-and-so rock this, so I got to rock this. Like, yeah. Your style is your style and you can actually monetize your style. So instead of, right, and, 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 and that has to be uh, some type of motivation, you know, like it has to be something because I, I, I'll tell you this, when I was growing up, one of the things I that I learned to be very important to me is my mama used to say this all the time. Like, first of all, when you got home, you take off your school clothes. And you yeah. put, on, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. also it's like, you better go out, out this house looking crazy. Right. Exactly. So I had to always know like how to represent myself. But then also I learned as a black woman that when you, when you dress good, you feel good. Right. Absolutely. And you got to take pride in that. But that also is a huge part of, you know, being self-aware, being confident in your, in your abilities, being confident, in how you look to people, how mm -hmm. you feel and show up in spaces mm -hmm. because of how you look, you know? And I was mm -hmm. just talking to a friend of mine the other day about that with this whole like natural movement that I have going on. You know, I'm like, I feel liberated. I feel great. You know, I girl, I'll be going through this up and down. However, mm -hmm. this time I really saw it differently because there was a unique brand of what of of why I'm doing this, but it also mm -hmm. added to the the brand of of an activist and all the other reasons of what I'm studying, you know. And so I think that when we when we talk about 
the world of fashion tech and we talk about mm -hmm. creatives and how you can be a creative and we talk about, you know, fashion and how all these things intersect, we yeah. have to continually push to people that you cannot do this if you do not know yourself. Yeah, and, and let's talk about that yeah. because let's, so what's happening in fashion right now that I think all creatives need to pay attention to is social commerce. Mm. Social commerce means that before you were kind of inspired to purchase based on ads that you saw. Maybe you saw a billboard, maybe you saw mm -hmm. it on a celebrity or whatever, but we know influencer marketing is now shifting to micro and nano influencers. Social commerce means that there is commerce that is happening off of social platforms. So even if you said, I want to be a designer, I want to have a store. If you're trying to go the traditional route of having a store and you think that, you know, maybe doing pop-up shops and buying a billboard is going to be great, you're behind. Social commerce means that you have to invest your time and money into social media and not in the way where we're doing where we're just scrolling and we're consuming, but you're putting your products out there. People wow. are, they're buying things off of TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram influences as many, as well as Be Real and YouTube. They're not buying things that they're seeing in magazines. They're not buying things that they're driving by on billboards. And so even self-awareness should also allow you to be aware of the change in landscapes around you and your position in it. Because you just even with innovation and tech, you cannot stay the same. You must right. grow and evolve depending on your environment. And so if you're looking to be in fashion, self-awareness should also drive you to be disciplined. What a lot of people think is you, you want to be an entrepreneur and that's great. And a lot of it is hustling, but a lot of it is doing the same things in a regimented way that will help you to be successful. You have to have a timeline of how much entertainment you're looking at have to wake up and read every day. You have to get your knowledge from somewhere. And there's so many ways to do that. Like, do you have Google alerts? Right. Are you on your phone of things that are important to you as a business owner so that you can get the freshest information? Or are you just scrolling all day? Because right. it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Sorry. No. So like, and it's not yeah. going to be helpful to you as you grow. And like you said something that was really important about waking up and making sure you're reading the latest articles in your field. A lot of times you know, in the black community, we, and I'm just going to be honest, you know, we, some of us do the work and some of us want to look like the work, like they, we want to look, look, look well, but, right. it, but it takes us to really actually do the work and stay up to the trends. And that's a hard part of discipline. That's a hard self-management skill. And then you talked about the time that you have to put in it, creating the timeline It's time management. How are Absolutely. you managing your time with this? How are Absolutely. you managing your time on social media? Is it benefiting you? You know, exactly. or are you scrolling, like you said, right? And we got to identify those distractions and those things that say, this field is forever changing, it's forever growing. And Black people, we are making this field, so we need a piece of the pie. And I mean, I don't know if people have read the latest article about Kirby from Pyre Moss, but like um, the failure of what happened with him that has been ousted lately is just an indication of one, not being self-aware and then not establishing business practices that were necessary to take your brand. And it's like, as a black artist or creative period, well, we just talked about this. You can be as creative as you want, but if you're going to talk about doing business and being an entrepreneur, you have to understand business principles. If someone's not teaching them to you, you have to go out there and get them. If you want a fashion line, you have to understand production, supply chain, fabrication, costing, all of these things. And what I think we do is we get so caught up in that one part that's creativity. Well, I'm an artist. Well, I know my stuff is great, but creativity in a silo will not produce a business by itself. 
Mm. You have things in place. And that's not just beyond self-awareness, accountability. You got to be accountable to your team. You don't have time to have an ego. If you take time and read the article, many people attested to the fact that Kirby's ego was so outlandish that he wasn't taking advice from people. He was not listening. And this is someone who is at the top of his company. And what you're risking when you can't be accountable to other people and you don't know how to take advice is that it doesn't matter how high up you are, you're eventually going to fall. And that's just, it does not matter. If you're the type of person that can't grow from people speaking to you and you can't understand accountability in a way that will bring you success, then you're not going to be successful. It's not a game. No, and you you said something that's so important because we often think that relationship skills is common sense, right? But it really is a skill to develop a healthy relationship that can be maintained. And one of the things is you talk about, you know, not taking constructive criticism and all those things. One of them is also negotiating conflict constructively. If we do not know how to speak up for ourselves in a field and voice our opinions, we're not going to make it to the top. Because what we really need to understand is if I have an issue with you and you have an issue with me, um, we need to talk about it. Right. We need to understand in a constructive way and negotiate. Mm-hmm. you know, to get to a common resolution. That's but- not familiar for us. That's yeah. not. And the problem is, this is very interesting because other industries take black culture and they capitalize off the great things and they make money off of it. We take black culture and we hold on to the negative things and we self-identify with it. So this idea, like I've heard people saying, I don't let nobody tell me she's going to try. She tried to come to me and talk to them. And I was ready because, you know, I don't care. I'm confrontational. You being confrontational is not something that's going to bring you success. And no one else is going to tell you that they're going to let you stay black and loud. And that's fine. But in reality, proper communication candor, being able to listen, being able to resolve conflict is probably one of the key skills you're going to have to have as a business person, as an entrepreneur, as a, as an adult. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of adults that can't do that. Absolutely. It's yeah. also, a, and we're probably not, you know, if it doesn't happen in your family, you're not encountering it. Right. So you probably think it's normal to be toxic. You think it's normal to argue. You think it's normal to have all these negative responses. But when, if you do that in a business meeting, in a boardroom, they're not going to stop and correct you. They're going to X you out of it. And they're going to cut your supply off. No one's going to hold your hand through that. So if you don't develop these skills, no one's going to feel bad for you either. If you shouldn't be successful as a result of you not knowing what the standard is for communicating. Yeah. And I think about some statistics in education right now. There were 7% of, according to Forbes, there were 7% of um, teachers who were equipped to teach social emotional learning in the year of 2021. 7%. So that means 93% of teachers were not equipped to teach these skills to a child. But if we translate that to the fashion industry, right? Mm-hmm. We think about like, you could know your fashion, you could know everything about tech, you could know all these things, but if you are not practicing and modeling, you know, the skills of relationship skills of responsible- it's Worthless, skills, it's useless. It's useless and you're never going to be as successful as you would like to be. And this is why we wanna really like stop and highlight how even though you may have not known what the name was, you were still mastering, right? You were still practicing self-management skills. You were still disciplined to build all these things for yourself on that, that we just highlighted in your bio, right? You were, you, you were, you had time management. You knew when to block off time to play and you knew when to block off time to say, I I can't make that. How many times just as an entrepreneur have we said, Hey sis, I'm not going to be able to make it today. I'm still wrapping up work. 
Because right. prioritizing is a key. Prioritizing is going to make the difference between you and everybody else and your success. And I do think it was not easy for me to self-manage because I was not taught that in my home. My parents were entrepreneurs and lucky for me, my father was very structured. My mother was very creative, even though she's a lawyer. So they move very differently. But what I spent my time doing in my 20s selfishly was working on me. Mm. And this education it doesn't come by way of school. It okay. doesn't come by way of you just existing. I had to read books over and over. I had to first identify within myself, hey, I'm kind of, my attention gets easily removed. How do I mitigate that so that I can put myself on a timer and actually be progressive? Two, I get nervous when it's time for me to pick up the phone and call somebody. What's going on here? You know, a lot of people can self-identify a problem and they'll say, that's just how I am. For me, if I wanted to be great, I had to identify my own gaps, my own issues, and then remediate them consistently in a way that works for me. So my way of self-management may be different from everybody else, but knowing thyself, which is in the Bible, is a very important thing that we don't do. Everyone's not going to tell you that, hey, sweetheart, you talk too loud and it's too hard. We're not for that. Everyone's not going to tell you that this is a good idea, but it doesn't make sense how you want to do the business. No one's going to tell you, hey, I tried to give you some advice, but you got weird. Most people are going to count you out immediately yeah. because it's a turn off. So you'll never make it to where you could be the greatest designer in the world. You don't know how to work with teams that take advice and you don't know how to get better and be accountable. It doesn't matter. You won't make it. Mm. You know, you're so right. I, I'm just thinking about like so many of the black community that's sitting and I, I just, I pray that the right people are listening to this because when I just think about like how many people spend all they have on getting dressed and looking the flyest, the flyest. Oh, I'm glad you have this. Right. I'm but glad then- we have this. That's called conspicuous consumption, right? It's a part mm-hmm. of our culture where we want to invest money in order for ourselves to be presented in a certain way so mm-hmm. that we can be accepted into certain groups. And we want wow. to show that, yeah, we have, that is, is a thing. Conspicuous consumption. Conspicuous. We're not the only ones doing it, but we're the ones that's probably allocating most of our dollars towards the material part of conspicuous consumption versus other people do it with like buying homes in certain neighborhoods or buying certain vehicles. We're very much on like, I'm going to wear all my jewelry so people know I got money, even though where I live, I don't own it. I'm going to wear the fly sneakers so people never know I'm broke, even though I don't have any real assets to my name. That's what we do. But (laughs) I'm not going to knock it because let me tell you what I'm building. I've been in fashion for a long time and I've been studying the tech side. I've studied influence and I've decided to create a platform that takes the behaviors of our people and rewards them for it. So Mm -hmm. what it does is it allows anybody at any time to be an influencer. So if you was the flyest person in your school and, you know, you spent your mama's last dollars to get these Jordans, you working hard to get them. You know, it might have cost you all of the check that you had working wherever it was. I know that feeling and I'm not going to tell you to stop, but I'm going to help you monetize it. So if you're that person, you'll be able to post, kind of tag your items. And when people ask you, where'd you get that? Instead of you feeling like, I ain't going to tell nobody where my fly is, you Mm -hmm. let them know, here's my link. And when they purchase from you, you get paid. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why I wanted to set this up is because what I've learned about technology is that the best technology doesn't change behavior. Because that's not what we're trying to do. I don't want to change your behavior. The best technology takes existing behaviors and puts it on a platform so that it can be done more effectively or efficiently. So for me, when I was thinking about it, specifically, think about Kanye West and his dealings with Adidas and Yeezy brand and all that. They capitalized so much off of the culture that he built and who he was. But him not having the proper equity stake in his own influence is a problem. What I want to do 
provide people of color with equity in their influence so that you don't have to be on TikTok getting your dances stolen and you never get a dime for them. You can convert immediately one-on-one. -on -one. If you fly and you like being fly, you deserve to be paid for it. And not only pay for it, you deserve for brands to reach out to you and say, listen, you've moved $100,000 for us. Right. Here's at least 10000 for you just doing that. Right. Because right now you have no idea. We have no way to track our influence. And when you're and it's funny because I have to go into brands and talk about women of color, people of color and our influence. You would be surprised to push back. Well, you're only 13 percent of the population, but we're spending nine X times our counterparts in beauty, health and wellness. Well, you're only 13 percent of our population, but we have the biggest halo effect in fashion, period. Where mm -hmm. if we're not mentioning it in our songs, if we're not wearing it, it's not cool. But who, how are we being rewarded for that? And mm -hmm. so. Part of my time in fashion has really taught me a lot. And what I'm building now that it'll, it'll launch is beta in March is a way of how do we get people who look like us to have a way to earn income and sustain themselves from their habits that they probably aren't able to change. Yeah. And, you know, wow. You know, it this makes me think of so many things. But one of them, one thing I just want to say is thank you, because. Uh, you know, sometimes we get discouraged with our community and we're like, we got so much stuff. We have to yeah. unlearn. So like it's, it's deeply rooted. How are we going to stop people that can't afford these, can't afford these brands, but were raised by their mama and daddy to always purchase something and they might have the lights off. You know, it might be a real critical situation, but the presentation was always yeah. important for us. Yeah. And we still got to grow through that though. We still got to learn through that. But being able to find an outlet to get our people paid and circulate some dollars in the black community is important. And this is also the biggest thing that to, to me that is, is important for this too is because I'm looking at this from a totally different angle. And of course, I'm always looking from an SEL point, but this right here can, it can really allow us to uh, increase our social awareness skills because a lot of black people, right. They're very like, they get very, uh, you ain't in my circle. You ain't in my circle. I ain't rocking with you, but now I know I'm about to get paid because you like my stuff. Oh, I'm going to speak up. Oh, I'm a person. I'm going to look at your fashion and, and know that you may like my fashion just because of your style. So now I'm going to perspective take and speak to you. Right. And increase my social awareness and uh, be aware of my surroundings. Talk and about it. Also empathize with you. If you like, I ain't like this because of this. I'm now I'm I'm like literally practicing these skills of social awareness through me also getting paid. Right. And this so is why social emotional learning is so important because we're, it changes it. It's so many ways that we can utilize it in creating new and in innovative experiences that allows people to to kind of evolve. Because yeah. you can tell somebody something all day, but sometimes you have to motivate them. And oftentimes money's a great motivator. Clout is a great motivator. Having attention and being noticed is a great motivator for then people to say, you know what, let me be more aware. Let me see how I can make this a business. Let me talk to people that's coming beside me. And that's why tech is important because again, you don't always want to change the behaviors. You want to facilitate those, identify them first and facilitate them in a way that can create new and better behaviors, but it doesn't have to be that initially. And yeah. things can still be cool. They can still make you money but if it helps you to be a better person and speak to somebody share something you know and kind of like like you said have all these skills then we need to do that and invest in these things and promote these things so that we can have success you know uh so and with everyone that we bring on the show we we love to highlight the expertise and everything mm -hmm. 
that they have done in their industry. But we also want to bring it down to a very real place, too, and a very transparent place. So we want to know, like I want to know from you, um, just about the struggles or the experiences that, that you have seen as a Black woman in your industry. You know, what are some barriers? What are some obstacles you know, that you had to, because we had, as black people, we're, we are resilient. We aren't resilient. We are resilient, right? We overcome these obstacles with key social emotional skills. We use SEL every day without even Absolutely. intentionally knowing we're using it. So tell us some, some these struggles or a couple obstacles that you have seen mm-hmm. as a black, specifically a black woman in your, your field. Well, first of all, as a black woman in tech, that's an obstacle in itself, because um, what I found myself doing earlier in my career is there was like a need to constantly validate myself. Yeah. And even my grad school was not because I could bellyache about like, oh, well, people aren't going to accept me in tech. I was just as smart as I was before going to Cornell, right? Because you can't go to Cornell and not be smart. It's right. just that I chose Cornell because I realized as a Black woman in tech, people were going to doubt me and I needed to qualify myself. Mm-hmm. And I think what's important is you can't let those things stop you and hurt your feelings. That is the reality of it. So you want to equip yourself with the best possible tools in order to step into a room. And when they check you to qualify, check my resume. Yeah. Now that we got out the way, let's talk. Another thing that I saw is that there's always an assumption that as a person of color, you're not going to be as smart as your counterparts. Mm-hmm. So knowing that I don't come into the room asking for pity or, you know, playing smart, uh, playing low. I come in the room talking numbers and let people know off gate. You're going to talk to me. You better have read what I read. I'm probably right. smart. And I'm ready to outsmart you on this topic at any time. So let's leave numbers. I don't need empathy. When I'm convincing people that you need to shop and dedicate products for people of color, I'm not seeing it because of the incidents that have occurred, although they are significant and important for us to recognize. I'm letting you know that you lose on the bottom line when you don't include us. This right. ain't a thing about, you know, we need inclusion so that we can kumbaya. You yeah. like dollars and cents. You need to make sure you cater to us or then I know it's a bigger problem. Absolutely. It's- those things have been obstacles. But mm-hmm. what I think we must do is we can't cry about these obstacles. We can't bellyache. Knowing and being aware of them will allow us to strategize around it. It is still my best, my my number one thing that I come into the room with is the fact that I'm a black woman. First, yes. you're going to look at me. You're going to doubt me. You're going to be, you know, you're going to have all these thoughts. That works in my favor and I'm prepared for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to cry yeah, about I'm it. You're going to a black woman, Okay. I mean, we top of the top right now. And so within the fashion industry too, you know, that's another niche part of the industry where you are often the only one, Um, you know, you have to be exceptional and then people want you to conform. I'm not a conformist. I didn't build my career working for myself so that I had to conform to anybody's idea of what success is. So I think the internal conflict working in fashion is do I conform or not? And I choose not to. And you have to know that sometimes that allows you into certain rooms. Sometimes you can't go because you don't play by the game. You still have to know what your goals are and go after it. The mm-hmm. other thing that might surprise you is that all skin folk ain't Hello. This whole black woman camaraderie thing that people push black girl magic on the outside. Um, it's not always like that. You'd Listen, be surprised. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. People still feel like there's limited resources where if I'm doing this thing, you can't do it too. Are we in the same field? It ain't no competition like that. There are unli- that mindset of limited resources, I think, keeps Black people from achieving so often. And, and I get a crab in the bucket mindset. Like we all, only one person can make yeah, it. Can only be born. You don't know how many times that I've encountered other Black women that are 
allies in this or advocates in this space and they're doing stuff, they won't let you in the room because they're afraid you're going to take something that belongs to them. They don't want you at the table because they feel like, yeah, it's hard. It's terrible. But you know what? Again, people that are good and for you won't always look like you. But when you have the proper SEL skills, yeah. you can identify who's who because yeah. you'll recognize it in how they carry themselves, how they manage their time, how they open doors for you, how they're courteous, how they're going to talk to you. And it doesn't always have to be nice. It can be direct. Yeah. And, and sometimes it might be outputting, but you'll know who's for you when you have those skills. You yeah. can't get caught up in people just smiling at you, rubbing your back, saying that's fine. That could be a snake. Well, you don't have the proper skills to identify people who have who are successful and that who are emotionally intelligent. It can be you can get used in this industry. Absolutely. People will take your ideas. They will take your style. And every day, all day in our industry, too. <laughs> yeah, it's just a thing. And so those are some of the obstacles that I've seen. And I think that it's so important to have these social emotional learning skills. And then I'll say the other obstacles outside my industry would be with, you know, just meeting people and and even on your dating side it's yeah. i think like what the more the more emotionally intelligent you become the harder it is to really identify with the majority mm-hmm. and so like you'll start learning like maybe some of your closest relationships are then shifted as a result it could be people from your childhood it could be somebody that you've dated but the lack of social emotional learning has made groups of people that could be compatible incompatible and unable to be successful or to have results or fruit from these relationships. And that has also been something that, you know, is discouraging sometimes, but, you know. It is. And, you know, I I, I think it's important to identify that, um, you know, as a listener and you may be in any type of field, that as a Black person, it is our mm-hmm. social responsibility. Ta- keep our field over here for a second, Right. But as a black person, it is our social responsibility. We owe it to our community and ourselves to be aware of these skills and practice these skills so that we're better. And a lot of times in the black community, if you become better, people start looking at you like, mm, she thinks she's better than somebody. And it's not, I actually did the work, sis. I put in the hours, right? I, did, I, did, I prayed. I did, my, I did my thing to make sure. And you can too. You know, and you can too. And nobody like these skills are free. These skills are here. These skills are available. And, you know, and that's why even with the Black SEL Hub, I created that because I didn't see black women in this field. I didn't see black men. And when I say in this field, yes, we, we've been doing SEL our whole lives. Educators have been doing it. The last thing we we're just talking about was about, of course, how crucial these skills are in our black community and making sure that as we talk about fashion, as we talk about tech and how these things all integrate, uh, that we need to understand the keys to um, understanding how, you know, even when Jessica was talking about her uh, new, um, her new app or new, you know, platform that is coming out and thinking about the social awareness skills that our black people can use and still get paid, right. And still get paid for what they wear, but also being able to uh, perspective, take with other people, check out their fashion, talk to them, engage with them. And this is also how we build healthy relationships. So I love, um, you know, what she's creating here. I love the innovation of it. And I want to talk about something that I feel isn't talked about enough. And also I want to highlight you know, she was telling us about a lot of her struggles as a black woman in this field. And a lot of this is also, we have to be very guarded and, and, and careful because 
as Black women, when we are up against um, a struggle of either a fellow Black woman uh, in the room that's like, you know, feels insecure about our our knowledge, we have to do better, sisters. We got to do better, Black people in general. We are on each other's side. We are, we we feel the racism when we walk into rooms, so we can't be racist. Like, we can't be in this like uh, against each other. We got to be together, you know, in these spaces and we got to work collaborative. I totally believe in collaboration over competition. Like it's just, it just doesn't work for me. I'm not going to sit here and compete with you. I, I can't. And you can't compete with me. You don't got my anointing. I don't got your anointing. Okay. Th to do this. You don't got my favor. I don't got your favor. So you got to know, you know, that you are uniquely made and designed to be at the table and to be in the rooms. And so is this other sister sitting across the room. So one thing that I want to talk about really quickly is what is the difference between appreciation and appropriation of black fashion trends? Because we talked about, you know, you gave us some some real stuff about how we we love the masses. I mean, we are the masses, right? And people are getting paid off of us. But what is the difference about appreciation and appropriation? That's a really good um question because this is something that brands don't get right. They still seem to be very confused about it. Appreciation for something is like admiration and a thanks that it exists, which acknowledges why it exists. Mm -hmm. It acknowledges um, the history of it. It acknowledges the origins of it. And it's showing gratitude for it. Appropriation is taking something and trying to make it yours without acknowledging the origins of something. So let's do an example of, uh, I don't know if y'all saw this on social media, this girl on on TikTok said that she came up with sticky bangs, <laughs> which she brushed out her baby hairs and put some gel up there. And she was like, I call these sticky bangs. I just came up with it. That's appropriation. First of all, you didn't come, you didn't up, with come up with this. Sticky bangs. <laughs> and then like you came up with it is appropriation. You had no, you didn't do any research. You didn't think that you've been seeing people lay their edges and you came up with sticky bangs. Okay, so the that's audacity. the audacity. The audacity. The next thing I would say is like, let's talk about sneaker culture. There's a lot of appropriation of sneaker culture in fashion right now, and they never acknowledge the origins of it. They're never grateful for it. They never contribute to the communities who even made it a thing so that it could be commoditized, right? So all of these designers, before sneakers were ghetto, they were signs of poverty. People didn't like them. They were urban. Nobody liked sneaker culture. And then all of a sudden, because black, the Black influence and the halo effect is so big, you see, if you go to different countries, or, or let's just talk about China yeah. and how China consumes luxury products, they they have consumed hip-hop culture. They, beca they became really big buyers of sneakers as a result of the culture that they were interested in, which was ours. And then brands started saying, hey... This big trend is spreading all over the world. Let's just commoditize it ourselves. We're going to make sneakers. It's dope. Street culture, urban wear, all that stuff. All this like street fashion stuff, that comes from us. And when there's no acknowledgement, when there's no atonement, when there's no donations that you see going back to our communities in order to understand, when there's no education around it where they're doing museums or activations where it's like, oh, you know, we're going to partner with Nike to talk about the history of hip hop and its contributions to fashion. That is appropriation and it's dangerous. And I do think that 
this is why people of color must be very aware of where what they're trying to buy and where they're spending and what we should do because you can vote with your dollar and when we stop making it cool it won't be cool anymore do you remember how short-lived the gucci protest was a couple years ago when gucci did some racist listen let me let me tell you I'm, i'm not gonna lie to you i got a bone to pick with our black people and the reason why i do is because we are the quickest ones that will be anti something and then pro it the next day like we don't know how to hold on to our dollar. Like in in the black dollar is so valuable that we I don't think we realize how valuable it is. And like it, it just, even with H and M, the whole monkey thing with the little boy, and then everybody like we we banned boy we boycotting H and M. And then the, the next week they got seventy five percent off sale, and you got black people just itching like, oh hey, wait a minute, down that's seventy percent off. And you know, they, but they know us. They know us. They've studied us. They, they have do. studied our patterns. They know our power. They know and, our power. And I'll tell you, Gucci had to atone for it. So they have their Gucci Changemakers program, which is an excellent program where now they're trying to create more educational opportunities to bridge the gap. But we have to demand these things by being self-aware of the power that we have. Our, if, if I think if Black people understood that we motivate $260 billion of our income to try new things, mm. Black all the time. That's 260 billions of anything that's the newest, the latest, the dopest, we're on it. And that's a quantifiable number that other people are aware of and we're not. Wow. We have a billion dollars of spending power. If Black people alone, alone were a nation, we'd have the 15th largest GDP. So mm-hmm. these are the numbers that's important. And when you know your numbers, you understand your value and you'll understand that where I spend my dollar, who I align myself with, what I put on my body is going to be super important because I'm going to tell you another part of it. When you saw all these brands that started making the um, Adidas flip-flops things, let's talk about this. That comes from jail culture. So those flip-flops, let's talk about it. It comes from prison culture, okay? And and there's nobody bridging the gap between prisoners and coming, you know, back into society and, and recidivism or anything like that. But what we saw was the Gucci's, the Louis Vuitton, all of these brands went Balenciaga and made slides because we had made this a part of our culture. We made it popular, but no one ever talked about the origins of that Adidas slide that you get when you come out of prison and, you know, some regular uh, sweatpants and a white tee. But when we saw designer labels coming out with the exact same things that we've been wearing in our community that we're told is ghetto, that we're told is not attractable, that's not business casual. But now all of a sudden we have a whole market for streetwear that looks just like what you saw growing up when people were wearing it. And this whole sweatsuit and hoodies, everything that was urban and ghetto is now the driving force. Yeah. You know, and you just said something that I'm, I'm sitting here like, wow, I've been appropriated like as a, as a designer, because you know, I have a clothing line, right. And mm-hmm. I've had like, you know, self-awareness is the new bag. I've had fearless gear. I've had legacy over likes and I have all these things. And I remember this was in 2016. Mm-hmm. I got a call from probably like seven people. I probably got over 15 DMs with people being like, yo, oh no, I'm sorry. It's like 2018. People mm-hmm. being like, yo, you partner with Nike yo, you party with Nike? And I was like, nah, what are you talking about? Nike mm-hmm. came out with a, the fearless, like with the literally. And when I tell you it was the same exact fear font with the crossed out. And I mean, it was a it was a limited edition. And I know people that have multiples, 
and called me and said, did you partner with Nike? And at that time, I, and let me tell you what this did to my confidence. Like, and this is something that I think just, we gotta, we gotta get together to um, create like uh, forums for black mm-hmm. people to mm-hmm. really talk about what appropriation looks like and how we need to demand. Because I got, I was so discouraged because I went to my lawyer and I have a lawyer, Trevor, I've worked with him for almost seven years now. And I said, Trevor, what, what do I do about this? Right. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, if you want to go up against him, it's going to take a lot of money. Right. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I was in the middle of building a educational consultant firm where and they know they know that they they're, they're going to exhaust you if you try to go against them that way. They absolutely Listen, know. That. And so I'm over here like, OK, do I take 10,000 and put against a case to do this or do I take this and put it back into my business to grow right. my capital or to put in my capital to get more curriculum? So so my mind was like, you know what? I don't want to have that long road. However, I did feel like a part of me felt like I had gave up and gave into something and not tried to to represent my small black, you know, fashion brand business. Right. And and I think about that often because that happens a lot, Chrissy, your story is like that happens a lot because they're watching. This is why I want to create my platform, yeah. because when they act like that, your things don't exist before or that they're not impactful. The platform will provide that data. But two, they're watching to see what's cool and they're just appropriate. They're taking and then they're producing it. But the power that we have now with social media and TikTok and videos and getting people behind us. Now we're at a place where we can combat that in a way that like yes. we've never had. I had a friend of mine who had a really dope clothing line out of London called St. Yeboah. So um, it was really dope. He uh, he comes from Ni- Nigerian culture. Oh my I gosh, know. I think I saw this online. It went viral. Yes. Okay, keep going. Oh, okay, so he's had that clothing line forever. He had super successful. He was getting it on all the rappers in the who's who that really pushes brands. And then when the NFL had a contract to go to London, mm-hmm. they sent him a cease and desist because wow. they have a team with the name Saints on it. And so they he went back and forth with them. They shut down his company and he had to change his name. Oh, so wow. yeah, there was no care for the artisanship and the craftsmanship that he had developed. The fact that he had an established brand, they knew they were bigger. They shut him down and there was nothing he could do. But recently he repositioned his brand after, you know, Feeling the same way you did. He felt discouraged. Yeah. He couldn't fight it no matter what because it's the NFL versus you. It and so up your confidence too. You're creative. Yeah, he was very hurt about it. And I remember because he and I strategized like, how do we get people to know that this happens so they can understand at right. least if you don't get your brand back that these things occurred and it's negative. But what he was able to do lately, he just relaunched with another retailer called Cost, which was great. So he bounced back. And wow. we're going to always have to be able to bounce back. But now there will be more ways for us to avoid these things happening and to fight back and to be able to have say because your culture is being appropriated. Your designs, your looks, your styles, your face, your body, what you're saying, what you're using, and other people are making money. And if we don't do the same, yeah. Listen, we'll end up I know we do not have to ask you how do you advocate for our inclusion? Y'all just heard it right here. Like Jess is literally at the forefront of this and speaking and representing black people and making spaces for people of color. Uh, and I think this is, I think it's brilliant. I think it's, it's needed. I, I like, I really do look at you as an, a, an advocate and an activist in this space. And I want you to see yourself as such because you are really 
needed not only in the black community, but for this specific generation of black people, because knowing the technology, knowing the fashion, understanding the trends, understanding the numbers to be able to go into rooms and state the facts, not, not like, Oh, I want to, I want to give you a vision. No, let me just tell you some numbers. Let me tell you why must be able, right. Let me tell you why we have to be at the table. It's not a, it's not a maybe it's, it's a need. It's a, it's a must. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thank you for that, you know, and I just thank you for being such a dope black woman who is continuing to fight for change, continuing to educate, you know, uh, people in this industry, such as myself, because I never felt that I could connect to the fashion industry. I always, you know, had like a clothing line I, I created, created in 2016, but it was just just a part of a brand. Damaris, where that before I met you, Damaris had something on of yours. And I was like, who is this? Because this <laughs> I haven't, And I think it was like a red sweatsuit. Not that fear. It was the fearless. Yep. I love red and I loved it. And I was like, I've never seen this because I would have known. And I, w- I remember being like, I need this red sweatsuit. First of all, it looks good on my skin. Second of all, it fit her so well. I was like, who? But yes, yes, I that was mine. You know, I have been doing, it's been a passion of mine to just have streetwear, you know, to have book bags and hats and backpacks and all those things. And the lesson I learned from the fear is that I trademarked all my rest of my stuff because I was like, I'm not about to get got no more, you know, and try me if you want to, you know, that because I'll, I'll go to court next time. I will definitely do that. Um, but, but I appreciate that because, you know, sometimes we have these like brands that we conceptualize from, from like, that's not our main bread and butter. It's just kind of like, we, we want to, these are liberating, like, you know, either black SEL, the shirt I have one today. It's like, I create, I always create something to speak to what we do. And that's who we are. That's who we are as a people. And that's that creative side of me. And, you know, I design each one. Like, I'm like, okay, I want this to be, I want to look like this. Like I still had the, the say so. And I know that that's a gift of mine. I kind of like push that off. But what I will say is just encouraging um, people that don't see themselves as a super fashion person, right? Uh, you made me realize that I do have somewhat of this gift and I need to obviously hone in on it, but then also understand how to monetize what I what I wear and what, what people wear, like what I promote, you know? And so I really just thank you for your talent, your, your expertise, for you being different. Because I know when you first started out in this field, it wasn't like, oh, tech, like it was like tech, but it was, it, you know, at Cornell, you probably wasn't like, it was, the rules wasn't flooded, you know, where people wanted to do this. And like, Never. this is such a different, innovative industry that like, I, before I met you, I knew no one who did what you did and who does what you do. And I really like, yeah, like I, like when you look back on it now at your age, you're like, just thank you, God, for allowing me to keep going with this field because you've wow. tapped into something that is, is at this, like you're, 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 you're like digging and dig, like you're going to, like it's a gold mine. It's a gold mine. It's a gold mine for oh, black people's wealth. Right. I'm prophesying over your life. It's a gold mine for black people's wealth, you know, and it's a gold mine also for your generation, your family's family, family, and then just for black consumers and black people in general. To know their worth. So <clears throat> thank you for instilling confidence in us this episode. 
Yeah. Or, you know, let's like going over some SEL skills, some self-management skills, some responsible decision making. Thank you for continuing to make responsible decisions in and out of the, the meeting spaces and the rooms that you are in. You know, thank you for being socially aware of who is around you and how you are appreciating people, but also how you are perspective taking and saying, because you said something real. You said you know, fashion doesn't change. It, it may change our behaviors, but we're not going to change as Black people's like all at once. So we no. have going to change. Let's pay us in the meantime of trying to change us, right? right. Let's pay for what we do well. We don't have to. We don't have to build Cosby each other. Where it's like right. you know, wag our fingers. Well, we're not going to build Cosby. Wag right. <laughs> our fingers at our culture without right. something to help mitigate like some of these issues. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know. We can't be making no comments, you know, comments about about Bill nowadays. But we go, you know, we're just gonna shout them out. Look at <laughs> hey Bill. But um, yeah, no, I love you. I appreciate you. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for 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 being here and participating in this and practicing SEO skills. This is Black SEL. Blackity black, blackity black. Yes. Thank you so much, Jess. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Black SEO Podcast. If you'd like to support the movement and be a part of us impacting more Black communities with our resources around the nation, you can donate to BlackSEO.org or click the link in our show notes. It's time we share our own stories. Help amplify Black voices by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Black SEO Podcast. Leaving a review has a bigger impact than you think. It not only helps more people find the show, but it helps more Black people realize that they are not alone. We all know what it feels like to be unheard, but Black SEL is a safe space for us and by us. Leaving a review can take you less than five minutes, but the impact will change lives.